Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to Women in Music, the podcast sharing the tales of brilliant minds in music. They all just happen to be female. I'm your host, Millie Cotton, and for this week's episode, I sat down with Olivia Dean. You might have seen Olivia Dean roaming the country in an open yellow van this summer. A summer without live music simply wasn't an option for Olivia. Her yellow truck tour was a way to maintain the momentum she's been building ever since her poignant debut single, Reason to Stay, caught the eye of London label AMF. Since, Olivia has amassed over 8 million streams on Spotify alone. An emotional and confessional songwriter, her journey to music started at a very young age, the result of parents who encouraged her natural talents before she even recognised them herself. From her ingenious truck tour to her dulcet tones to her role model potential, Olivia Dean is fast becoming a household name and an artist who knows exactly how to draw a silver lining from even the darkest of clouds. I know I say this about every episode, but it was such a pleasure to chat with Olivia Dean for this episode, and here it is. I have a disgusting amount of clothes and I'm just getting out of control. I've got to the point where I've realised I just don't, I don't need all of them. I can't wear all of them. And I think a lot of people would get a lot of joy out of them as well. So I've just had to like, let some go. I'm going to give some to my friends and then charity and maybe sell some. And I just, I can't live like this anymore. (laughs) What are you going to do with, oh no, you said charity and then, yeah. Yeah, but the charity shops aren't open at the moment, I don't think. No, I don't think so. I think it'll be April 12th, right, when everything reopens. Yeah, so it's just going to be moving them into bin bags that will then sit in my corridor and be more mess, so that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) Who do you live with? Who's going to have to suffer the bin bags in the corridor? I know, I'm such a messy housemate. I live with um, (laughs) three of my best friends, so it's really nice, and they're all creative as well. We've been living here, just moved in in September, but I've been living in South East London for the past four years, so... It's been really nice. Oh, nice. nice. I'm very Whereabouts? lucky. Um, I don't know if I can say exactly where oh, I no, live. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm not actually even, so I'm not even going to use this bit for the podcast, to be honest. Okay. I was like, hey, here's my dress. <laughs> Come and stalk me, please. <laughs> okay, anyway, so thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I'm really excited to have you as a guest. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I've listened to a few other episodes and they're brilliant. So Oh, amazing. Thank you. Uh, so I kick off every episode with a quick fire round. So are you ready? I, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> are you ready? <laughs> what was the last song that you listened to? Oh, good one. Uh, it was my birthday on Sunday and I got a record player from my boyfriend. And I've nice. been listening to Dionne Warwick while I've been tidying my room so what song was the last one on that side I think it's a song called do you know the way to San Jose or something really good song if you haven't heard it but yeah that was the last thing I listened to who is the artist you'd most like to collaborate with Hmm. I feel like I'm gonna go with Anderson Pack. like the new thing he did with Bruno Mars is just killer I mean them both but I feel like Anderson Pack for me is my favorite one so I feel like if I could make a song with him that'd be crazy what was the first album that you owned 
mm, I know the answer to this. <laughs> the first album that I owned, I remember when Leona Lewis won the X Factor and I begged my granny to let me go to like, was it Woolworths? And like get her oh CD. R.I.P. Woolworths. Honestly, R.I.P. Woolworths. I mean, Leona Lewis, is she still going? Doesn't she have like a farm now or something? Like, I don't know. I was listening to um, a podcast with Khalees and she has a farm now. I don't know about Leona Lewis, but um, that's, that's a thing. 2020, everyone got a farm. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> but yeah, Leona Lewis, It was that was the first. I think that was the first CD I had. I can't remember if it was like a whole album, but yeah, that, that was what I had. <laughs> nice. What's your favourite venue? Oh, can it be anywhere in the world? Or Yeah, in... why not? I think I'm going to stick with London because I'm a London girl through and through. I really like Earth in Hackney. Or Dalston, is it? Have you been there? It's so good. So I, I just don't know if I have. I should have Googled this. So I was talking to Jess, aka Big Pig, yesterday, and she said the same. She said mm. Earth. Um, and I meant to Google it after I spoke to her, but then I forgot. So now I will definitely Google it. Yeah. it's amazing it's like an yeah. old it's like amphitheater and just this the acoustics are so good and it's seated but kind of also stood as well and actually it's just a beautiful venue i haven't yeah, like nice. done a headline show there myself but i've supported someone there and it was just really special so that'd be my what was song. the f- first gig you ever went to the first gig i ever went to I feel like it was, again, kind of in a similar vein as my Leona Lewis answer. I was in the Girl Guides and there was like a gig where you could go all along to like Wembley or was it the O2? And then there was like a few people playing. Like it was like JLS and like Owen Quigg and like (laughs) (laughs) all those kind of all-star people. Yeah, not the, not maybe the most rock star gig, but I was young, you know, I was just getting into it. What was the last gig you went to pre-lockdown? Mm. what was the last gig I went to I think I went to see my friend play my friend Rosie Alina I went to see her play at a pub in Shacklewell I think it was I think it was socially distanced but that's the last live music I remember seeing and then before that was my own gig at, um off the cuff but even then it was like, oh, maybe some people were like, I don't know if I'm going to come. Like, there's this thing called coronavirus going around. And I was like, no, it'll be fine. But no, it wasn't fine. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the days I was exactly the same. And my like last DJ gig, um, uh, I was very much saying like, oh, I think the, the media is just hyping it up, you know, mm. as they always do. Nope. That was very wrong, wasn't it? Oh, no. um, who is your biggest inspiration? I'm going to go with Aretha Franklin. I've always been obsessed with her, but recently I've just fallen in love, like back in love with her voice and like watching loads of old performances and stuff and just like the power she exudes. Yeah, she. I just find her really inspiring and like her voice has this quality. I love it when singers, when you just hear their voice and instantly in your heart, you're just like, oh God, you're so good. <laughs> I and feel she like is your like... voice is like that for me. Not gonna lie. Really? Like, yes, absolutely. That's crazy to me. Um, <laughs> it's weird because I can't hear my own voice. Like I can listen to my own voice and recording, but like it, it is hard for me to like, not just feel like that's just me doing karaoke. So... <laughs> That's good to hear you say that. That's amazing. God, I wish I sounded like you doing karaoke. What I would give to sound like you doing karaoke. Um, uh, Finally, what's a song that reminds you of being a teenager? 
Mmm, that's a good one. What's a song that reminds me of being a teenager? Damn, that's crazy because there's so many things that I would listen to as a teenager and, and I love like so many different types of music. You know what? I'm going to say Florence and the Machine. Me and my friend Rosie, who I sang when we went to uh, her gig, like went for a real phase of loving Florence and the Machine and like saw her at British, time of su British summertime. But yeah, like maybe like Dog Days Are Over. Like that's a classic. You know, she's like running yeah. in the fields. Yeah, it's, that's what I'm going to go for. Just plucking one out of thin air there. Yeah, no, it's a good one. Um, so how has the last year been for you with, you know, the pandemic and lockdown and everything that's been going on? Yeah, it's crazy. I feel like I've aged so much. <laughs> like, it's my birth Yeah, I know. It's my birthday <laughs> on Sunday and I was like, damn, like a whole year's just passed. Um, I've been fine. Like I, I'm, I'm better now, to be honest. Like the first lockdown was really hard. Mm. And um, I was I spent a lot of time by myself in my flat and um, I started therapy and like, but I think it's been really good for me. And um, I feel like I've, I've discovered loads of good music and um, I've really learned to enjoy my own company. <laughs> and yeah, last year was pretty good. I put out an EP and I, and I did a tour somehow. Um, and, and now I'm yeah back in the studio and writing. So considering like how I could be doing and like, I, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. So let's talk about your tour. So you had your, your yellow bus and you were driving around the country. So you came up with that idea, right? Like, so cool. So, so cool. How was it? It was incredible. Yeah, I was just like sat in my flat feeling super frustrated because I was like, this is the, supposed to be the year of like me doing festivals and like I really love performing so much. Mm. Like it's almost my favourite part of like doing my job. And I was just like, it's not fair. <laughs> like, I want to see people. So I said to my manager, I was like, what if I just like rode around on my bike and just like went to people's doors and said on Instagram, like anyone want a gig? And she was like, I feel like that could be quite tiring. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And then we were like, what if we just got a van, like an old van? Yeah. Found one online and sort of painted it bright yellow. And then the, uh, the idea just kept snowballing. And then all of a sudden it was kind of reality. Like we reached out, we pitched the idea to Clark's and they were like, we'd love to like fund it and sponsor it. And I was like, oh my God, thanks. <laughs> and then off we went and it was just incredible. Like just seeing people and like, they weren't massive gigs, but it didn't matter at all. It was just really about bringing some live music back to people's lives. And I've got it, the track now, so hopefully I can do it again this year. Did you film any of the videos? I don't think I've actually um, filmed any of the performances. I don't think I've seen any of them. I saw the BBC bit where you, um, yeah, where so you were talking about it on BBC, but I didn't. I haven't actually seen any of it, and I would really like to watch you performing out of the van properly. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we 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 didn't film any of it like um, properly. Mm. I don't think. I think at the time I was just so caught up in like the performances and wanting to go places it, it was super like last minute and unplanned like we'd be like should we just go to Bristol and then we just like drove there and was like anyone in Bristol want to see a gig um <laughs> but I think this time round we'll yeah maybe record it because I would like to look back <laughs> and be like I remember that, that was cool yeah hold me up to me you static on the phone normally I need you this time I don't want to go Lately I've been growing to 
for someone you don't know You had the chance to love her But apparently you don't No, you don't So even if I could, would it go back where we started? What was it like writing and recording in lockdown? Um, a bit weird, really. Uh, at the beginning, it was like everyone needs to be working extra hard and like, you know, we need to be writing our novels and recording the album now. And I was just like, whoa, like, can't we just chill and all be like scared and stressed for a second? So I really didn't take part in the whole... Um, like zoom sessions thing like a lot of people were like let's just get on zoom and write a song and it's like no <laughs> i'm really stressed and i don't feel super inspired right now and i don't want to write songs about lockdown that just wasn't how i was feeling um so it was hard for a while i definitely felt a bit of a block and i feel like my music i draw a lot of inspiration from just real life situations like I went to this gig over here with this person and we were on this road and like being in the house I feel like oh, there's nothing to draw from <laughs> and like mm, yeah. I don't want to just write about like how stressed I am or like how sad things are because I, I do want my music to make people feel better and once we're out of lockdown I don't really want to be singing about how bad it was if that makes sense you know so it's been interesting but I definitely have written a few things that I'm really proud of and I'm, I'm now starting to start working on this next project and I think it's going to be good so I don't know. <laughs> yeah I know that's exciting and you um you filmed the video for the hardest part during lockdown which oh my god that video I love so much it's so cool I had to really do a double take of like the fact that it was you three times <laughs> yeah like, loads is, of people is it said that. three times or is it not I really could I had to watch it like I had to, yeah, stop and like, oh, anyway. But really, really cool. Such a good idea that it's inspired by the Supremes. So did you come up with that concept? And how was it shooting a video in with like all the restrictions and all the different things going on? Yeah, that video was crazy. There was a lot of planning that went into it. Um, but yeah, it just started off as most of the ideas do with me and my manager. And I was like, I want to be all three Supremes, please. <laughs> Yeah. Like, is that, can As we make do. that happen? Yeah. She was like, I think we can. So we got in touch with these guys called Nat and Kane, who are like this movement, um, movement guys, and um, spoke with them on Zoom for ages about how I wanted the choreography to feel and then like learnt the choreography over Zoom and like online oh, in my weird. room, literally just practicing in my knickers, like <laughs> in my room every night, like just Amazing. making sure they all look good. <laughs> that should have um, been the video. What what happened to that video? <laughs> you don't want to see that video. Honestly, I danced a little bit when I was younger. Like I did a little bit of musical theatre when I was like, you know, nine or ten or whatever. But I, I can't really dance super well. But I really wanted to in this video. So I was like, let me give myself a challenge. But the early, the early takes were bad. Very stiff. <laughs> very, very I, stiff. I don't believe it. I can't even imagine it. After like seeing the final product, I don't believe you. Okay, well that's good, <laughs> but I can let you into a secret that yeah, it took a long time to get to that point. Um, 
But yeah, it was interesting with COVID. Obviously, everyone was wearing masks and um, all the planning had to be done over Zoom. And there wasn't a lot of people on the shoot on the day, but I- I'm so proud of it. It's my favourite video I've ever done. And like, it's a real homage for me, like to the Supremes, but also to my mum. Like she would tell me when she was younger, she used to sing into hairbrushes with her and her um her, her cousin. And like, I just wanted to recreate that for her as well. So it's a really special video to me. So I'm glad you like it. She must be incredibly proud of you, especially for all the things that you stand for and all the things that you talk about. And yeah, have you always been open to talking about difficult issues? Because I feel like you're very open about talking about the music industry being kind of like a boys club, I've heard you say. Um, And we all think it, but not everyone's talking about it. Mm. Yeah, my mum's very straight up. She's very straightforward. So I think Mm. I've always sort of been that way. And um, I think it's important to have an opinion. You know, everyone's entitled to their own. Like, people might not agree with me and that's fine. But, like, at least I'm being honest and authentic to myself. Yeah, I don't really care. Just say whatever. (laughs) Yeah, nice. That's the best way to do it, right? Like, why not? You know? (laughs) I don't want to look back and be like, oh, I didn't mean that. Or, like, I was dancing around something that I really wanted to say. If if something's in my brain, I kind of just have to say it. Mm. So... Is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so to go back, what's your first memory of music? Wow. Um, my first memory of music, well, I've been singing since I was like eight. Um, I was very shy as a child. And um, my mum was like, it'd be a good idea for you to do musical theatre, like Saturday school. So uh, she would take me along and I was like too scared to talk to anyone. And I was like, hi, I'm Olivia. (laughs) And I would sing like songs from Annie and and things like that. And I remember the first like time I sang in front of an audience, it was just like a little internal like showcase. And I hid behind the piano and cried while I was singing. And I had to have my back, I had to have my back to the audience. And I was like, tomorrow, tomorrow. (laughs) So cute. Yeah, so that I would say is my earliest memory of like singing and performing. But I I used to listen to records with my dad all the time. Like I think I get my music taste a lot from him. While he was cooking in the kitchen, like we'd just be dancing around to like Britney Spears and stuff. And yeah, I've always loved music. I've never really seen myself doing anything else, to be honest. So I'm just going to keep going with it. It's going pretty well so far, I think. (laughs) It seems to be, yeah. (laughs) So with being nervous as a child, how did you grow out of that? Was that just something that by practicing more, you finally became confident with it? Yeah, I think it was just through going to that school and socialising and like at first singing with groups of people. Like I was never somebody that like wanted to sing solo that much. I felt more comfortable in like groups. Um, But I just think over time... It just came, it just came out. I was like, yeah, I love this. And also, musical theatre is interesting because I think it really taught me to like how to perform a song. It allowed me to like be a character other than myself. Mm. Whereas now I feel comfortable just being myself in my music and singing my own stories. But I think doing that first and singing other people's stories really gave me like a good foundation. Some people have got mm. a real funny thing about musical theatre and think it's really cringe. But I think you have to give yourself to it. It's a laugh. The songs are beautiful and yeah, it, it gave me so much. So yeah, I love music. And then theater. you 
I mean, same. I think it's great. Uh, so you went to the Brit School. What was your experience? And how would you say that if you hadn't have gone there, your whole, um, I guess, career might be different? Mightn't it, I guess? Possibly. No, I think it probably would be. I loved it, Brit. Like, it was one of the best things I ever did going there. I went for four years. So I did musical theatre for the first two. I really wanted to get into... Um, the music strand but I knew that I probably wouldn't get in because I was writing songs but I didn't have much like performance like experience and um I just thought oh, I probably won't get into music so I'll apply for musical theatre instead because I've done it you know for quite a while and yeah it was brilliant I've met so many amazing people there and I think being around people that all really want to do well just makes you go okay I I really want to do well too I didn't find it to be like catty or competitive I think people often want you to say that but I found it really like supportive and just great so I would encourage anyone who's thinking about applying to just go for it it's a free school in Croydon and it's it's wicked so that is my Brit experience in a nutshell yeah Nice, and you came straight out with your manager, not you came straight out with your manager, so your manager <laughs> found you from your last like show at Brit School, right? That yeah. must be like, was it a bit of a dream? Because that's the kind of thing that I guess everyone goes into that school hoping is going to happen. Yeah, it was, it was a bit unreal. Like thinking back to that time, it all just sort of happened. She came to my last showcase and at the time she was doing day to day for Rudimental but she was looking for somebody to, to you know, manage. And um, we didn't speak on the night, but I was just walking past reception like a couple of weeks later and the receptionist was like, oh, Olivia, somebody wants your email. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, but only because I'd walked past reception. Like she hadn't been like <laughs> seeked me out, you know, just because I happened to be passing by. So I emailed her and I was like, hey, like somebody said like you wanted my email. She was like, oh my God, I've been waiting for you to email me. Like I would love to manage you. Can I meet you? And I was like, sure like okay <laughs> so I met her for a coffee and I was like oh my god I love you like and we've been best friends ever since I love my manager so much if she's listening to this Emily you rock and um yeah and then it all just happened from there and then I ended up auditioning for um to do some touring with Rudimental and then off we went it was crazy yeah I was reading about that it seems like you were quite young and you just got like straight into it is there anything looking back that you would change about that period um I'm gonna go with probably not I was yeah I came out of college and then just went straight to like doing festivals with Rudimental and I was kind of like why <laughs> why me because I'm not really good at like I was doing like backing vocals and things but like I'm not really good at harmonies and stuff like that like it takes me it doesn't come naturally to me like I don't have a super like musical harmonic ear I, I think I do a bit more now but at the time I was just playing shaker back there thinking what the, what the hell how did they get on this stage like it was a real pinch me moment but I wouldn't change anything about it I had such a good time and I, and yeah they're just all great I just met so many good people through that and like learned so much about live performance they're really cool so when did you decide that you wanted then to to do your own thing and you weren't yeah you didn't want to be a backing singer anymore um I think I always knew like even going into it that it wasn't my like dream 
to be like to be in a band like I, I was already writing my own songs and, and I really believed in them and I was like I'm not just going to throw these to the side but it was a really hard decision to make because I was like this is an amazing opportunity I've got and part of my brain was like how can I turn this down like how can I stop doing this when there'll be so many people that would would love to but you know when you just have in your gut like I think I meant to be doing something else and I think I was like, oh, but what if I go for it? Like my own solo stuff and it doesn't work. And then I've just like, I've messed this opportunity up. So it was a real big decision, but I was like, I think, I think if I just try, I can make it whatever make it means, but you know, do it by myself. Yeah. But it's hard. And so it, yeah, no, I can imagine it's quite a switch up from one thing to the other Mm. how much of a help was your manager with uh like switching that process amazing she's so supportive like she always just facilitates like whatever I feel that is the right thing to do and um she was sort of coming off the project as well so it was it was a transition that we we both sort of made and everyone was understanding and like they just wanted you know wish me the best and everything but yeah she was great she's a very good manager i'm gonna stop gushing about her in a sec because she's gonna be like oh my god embarrassing (laughs) oh god no i love it it's so nice um with songwriting i read that you find it therapeutic and so do you also hope that for your audience it's a kind of therapy for them as well as it being cathartic for you 100 percent. like that feels like the reason why i do it being a musician and artist can sometimes feel very self-indulgent when I think about it too much I'm like here's me writing my little songs about my little life like (laughs) do you know what I mean and it's like all right babe like chill out but (laughs) but if I frame it in my head like I'm doing this to help me process something and then I'm delivering it to you so that you can process it as well that makes it feel worthwhile and like important if that makes sense because it's silly, really, like writing songs and being like, oh, oh, oh here I'm singing them. But <laughs> <laughs> that kills me. <laughs> but yeah, it is. It's so therapeutic. Like being able to capture in like three minutes a really confusing situation in your head. Like I'm such an overthinker. I can overthink something to the end of the earth. So being able to go to the studio and tell someone, this is what's going on in my brain. Can we write a song about it? And then like squeezing it down and then putting it out it's it's a very special thing i'm very lucky to do that as a job yeah what do you prefer do you prefer writing on your own or do you prefer collaborating um that's hard because i think both are really important i'm not super precious about like collaborating with other people because i love making music and there are some amazing songwriters and musicians and producers well in London but like all over the world obviously um but I think it always starts with me like I'll always have a set of lyrics or like an idea of what I want the song to be like and then go to people that I really trust like I have a circle of songwriters that I've like been working with and building a relationship with over the past like four years and um they know me and 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 know how I like to work but I I love working with people. I think some people are funny about that too, as in like, it's not as credible as if if you write with other people. 
But when you think about like m the Motown era and like Carol King writing this, like you make me feel like a natural woman for Aretha Franklin, like that that's completely credible and it's it's magical that they were able to create that together. Do you know what I mean? So I, I love working with songwriters. Like some people have like, I'm not ashamed to say that other people are more talented than me with lyrics. And if we can make something great together, then why not, you know? Yeah, literally. Uh, and speaking of working together with someone else, have you ever thought about, I mean, I don't think you need one because I think have, you have an incredible sense of style, but working with a stylist, like what would that be like? Would you do that? I ha I do that's a really random no, question. No, no, that's okay. I do work with a stylist. I have I have a stylist oh, I've been you? working with for a little bit called Lucy Ellis and she's brilliant. Okay. She does little sims. Yeah, well, I was and um yeah. Amalu and and stuff and, and she's great. But yeah, I love I love fashion and I'm really hoping to get into it more and and I think it's really important, like your look with, with it, it doesn't need to be, but for me I love wearing nice clothes <laughs> and matching things and colors and stuff but yeah i've got a really good working relationship with lucy at the moment and we love coming up with like looks and stuff together oh i can't do this anymore i don't want to get involved no with all these men i'm so much better than a little cold but I think I could play the role no one can love me the way I can catch me out in Paris on my ones stay out dancing till the dancing's done I got me I don't need ever feel the pressure to conform to like being a pop star but I just don't even really know if that exists anymore thinking about it mm. like what is your conventional pop star now yeah do you think there is one I think it's a lot more broad the term pop star now I don't super think of myself as a pop star and and I don't know if I'm aiming to be a pop star mm. um but I suppose I am it making... It feels like a very old school term. It does. Like, when I think of pop star, I think of, like, like Britney and, like... Yeah, and, like, Christina. And... Exactly. Yeah. And also, as I said, I can't dance. So <laughs> I don't know if I, if I class as a pop star like that. Um, but, no, I just, I just see myself as me, really, just writing songs and, and putting them out. I think if you overthink things too much and think am I am I you know fitting into this pop star thing then you're just gonna lose your head so I try not to think about it too much and speaking of losing your head let's talk about the internet a little bit oh, and God. Instagram because I've, I've, I've heard you don't love it no <laughs> I've got so much to say on this topic honestly it can go on for days I just feel like I remember and I'm sure you remember too like iPhones have only been around for a second. Like I remember asking my friend Grace to like go on a dog walk with her so I could play Snake on her phone. Like Instagram wasn't a thing when I was growing up. And now it feels like, I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. Like people are living their lives 
for this app like if it went tomorrow what would you do would you still be taking a picture of that thing would you do you know what i mean like i find it mental and especially with music it's so frustrating because i don't i don't want to be an influencer i just want to make music and perform like but you it's all part and parcel now you know you have to be really funny and sexy and and like instagram savvy like what if i didn't know how to use instagram does my music not you know i can't sell it is it then not valid yeah it's a weird one isn't it it's like no matter what you do now you have to have an online presence and a personality to go with that presence but yeah. i feel like you probably don't really have any problem there because you have you know this authentic thing going on that you're very it seems like you're really comfortable in yourself mm. so do you think that reflects online uh, I try to just keep my I, I really do see my Instagram as work like I know that maybe sounds like a bit of a boring thing to say but because I don't feel com like I already feel like my music for me is quite a personal offering so to then be like this is what I'm eating and this is what I'm cooking and this is what I'm watching is too much like it's just too much. I love it when my phone dies. I love it when my phone dies and I'm out and no one can contact me and I'm just running around like a little <laughs> free spirit, you know? But you remember in Friends when like they'd get back and there'd just be like a message and it's like, you'd answer the message and then you'd be like, okay, bye. You know what I mean? But now it's like you have to be a hotline, like 24 seven accessible. I can't, I can't stand it, I'm getting worked up. You can hear me, but I just, <laughs> so stressful. Sorry, I hate to be like, just negative, negative. There is a good side, 100%. But I just, I worry about, I mean, I'm not the first person to say it, but just like people with mental health and like, I just see my friends like, and I do it too sometimes, like comparing yourself and how many followers has this person got? And that means that they're doing better than me. And like, you know what I mean? Like back in the day, I don't think Amy Winehouse would have been comparing her Instagram follow account to like, you know what I mean? Some other artists at the time and like getting in your head about it. It doesn't really matter, but it is, yeah, it is good in some senses, but yeah. Maybe it'll disappear tomorrow. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> That'd be crazy. <laughs> that would be crazy. As I was saying earlier, I really appreciate the way that you've like openly spoken about the music industry because I've actually not found that many people who I've wanted to interview in a way that I could feel like I would actually be like, so misogyny, mm. what's happened to you? Because no one actually really wants to talk about it. Mm. Um, so, I mean, yeah, what have your experiences been? Yeah, it's interesting because when I, I think I made that comment recently in that NME interview when I was like, the, um, everyone knows the music industry is a boys club, but I thought that that was just a thing that everybody like, that was common knowledge because it is like, when I started like working more seriously in the industry and like signed my publishing and signed my record deal, it's just white, it's just white men. It's just <laughs> like, that is, that is what's behind the music industry. Everything that you see, like obviously not completely, but the majority and that's fine. And, and not, I'm not saying that all white men are awful at all, but it can be hard as a female when you feel like a lot of the voices and opinions that are coming at you about your music are coming from a male perspective. And that's why I, I really appreciate having Emily and a lot of other females on my team. I'm really trying to build a like, female team because I'm a female and I, and I need, and, and I feel more comfortable around females and men can be super intimidating sometimes. But yeah, I said in that interview as well, I, I was doing a gig. I won't say where because then people might put 
two and two together but I'd come off stage and I'd just done my performance this was quite a big gig like for me one of the like the biggest gigs I'd done at the time and there were some guys they weren't like in the audience they were like friends of someone else that was performing and as I came off stage he slapped me on the ass as I went back into the into the backstage area and I was just like are you joking with me and you think at the time that you're going to be like how dare you and you know start swearing and whatever and but you're just you're shell-shocked and you're like you don't expect it to happen right like not I guess that was 2020 probably but like not in 2020 not in 2021 but it just goes to show there is so much work work to be done because it's something that's so simple but also it's really just that's like in your personal space Mm -hmm. it's just not on I know at all I know it's really bad and I'd forgotten about that until like recently. And that's why I brought it up the other day. Cause I was just like, that stuff just happens and get, people get away with it. But like, you're not entitled to touch me and especially not entitled to touch me after I've just performed and I'm feeling, you know, on edge and nervy and wondering like how that went and whatever. So yeah, there's, there's, there's work to be done there for sure. Yeah, definitely, of course. And yeah, like you said, like the higher, I think also maybe it's like the higher you get up in the music industry, the more sort of like middle-class white it becomes. Mm. And if they're the people who are ultimately making big decisions, that's a problem, Mm. really. It is a problem. Because it means that like, how can the music industry become more equal and how can there be better representation if that's ultimately who's making decisions? Exactly, that's the people who are signing people, you know? A&Ring people deciding like what's hot and what's not or whatever that is supposed to mean. I just I just want to see like difference and people that look like me and more women and just a diversity of people because the world is diverse. This is what I don't understand. Like we all live here, so we should all be represented in the music industry and like in government and do you know what I mean? Like that just makes sense to me. But I don't know. We'll get there one day. We will. Because I think everyone is really vocal about that kind of thing now. I feel at least. Yeah, I, I really hope so. And hopefully, especially after the past week as well, like hopefully something will now start to, you know, not even just representation, but with the way that we're protected or that men mm. think about the way that they interact with us. I think that's where the problem starts as well. I don't know how I've gotten into that bit. No, it's it's all, yeah. The news has just been so crazy, I found, over the last year and over the last week. It's, it's very overwhelming and you have to take breaks, I think. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. that's a good one i admire i admire there is a south african artist called alice phoebe lou and she's really cool i found her recently and she's got a new album coming out but she's just her lyrics are really good and she's got this song called my outside that i found and i'm obsessed with and it's like about not caring about your like finding the balance between caring about your outside and your inside 
because it's important and I love wearing makeup and I love wearing outfits and you know matching things but it's also important to invest that same time on like your inside and like how you feel so I just love her and I love that whole message um who do I admire I admire my mom she's amazing she is um the deputy leader of the women's equality party and running for the greater london assembly at the moment and she's just sick like she's just a so powerhouse cool. like i love her <laughs> um maybe let me do one more i admire my best friend eleanor i'm gonna say her because i love her she works so hard and like she's you know those people that are just so giving and they just give to everyone and always have time for you and to listen to you so i'd say her as well she- and finally, what are your three pieces of advice for aspiring artists? That's good. I want to give some good advice that's maybe not too vague, but it is hard. I would say, tying back into the, the Instagram thing, but try not to compare yourself to other artists and what they're doing on Instagram and think, okay, they're doing that, so I'm doing this, because... If they're already doing it, they've already done it. And you've got to find your own thing that people are going to look at and be like, wow, that's really unique. They're doing that. I haven't heard that before. And that can only come from like a really authentic place. So if you lead from like, I'm doing this because it really means something to me and I love it. Then you can't really lose. If you know what I mean, like it can't really not be good if you have really invested love and care into it. And also, this advice I wish someone had told me a couple years ago, there is no rush. (laughs) There's no rush. Like, you look at people like Kylie Jenner and, like, Billie Eilish, and, like, I think they're amazing. I'm not hating on other women at all. And, like, but you think they're so young and you're like, I should be there right now. Like, oh, my God, Billie Eilish is 19. Why aren't I winning a Grammy? But it's like, there is no rush. And... I think it's a beautiful thing to build something over time and build like true fans over time. And yeah, just don't rush putting stuff out. Like just spend time on making a project that you love. And like, in, in this is no, this is the piece of advice I wish someone had told me. <laughs> enjoy the process. Just enjoy making it because that is the best bit and you forget I'm always like I just want it to be out and I want it to be done but the actual making of the music is the funnest part so enjoy the process that would that would be my piece of advice nice and that is a great place to end it thank you so so much for your time this has been so lovely no worries I've had a good giggle it's been nice and now I've got to go back and tidy my room so I'm sad (laughs) 